guys, and welcome to the Tribulationary Podcast, and I'm your host, Kenzie. I'm in a really good mood today because I have my bro, Jalen, from PAT, holding it down. He out there in Austin right now and doing what he got to do, and we going to have... Uh, I'm mad I was like, we going to have, but... I don't care. It just I love <laughs> we gonna have because uh, I be knowing. I don't know. It's whatever. <laughs> it's beautiful and it's fine. Um, but we're gonna have a great conversation today. Um, I've been waiting for this. I've been sitting on this because um, I really didn't want to talk to anybody else. <laughs> oh wow, that that makes me feel too special, <laughs> right? But I really didn't want to talk to anybody else because I was like, look, I was like, me and Jalen have built a rapport. Like, we good. Like, and we understand each other and we see everything, you know, like, yeah, me, yeah. That's who I want to talk to about this. Especially, oh, especially since I know that you're on the ground working as well, you know, because I don't want to talk to somebody that's sitting on their couch, you know, and has so much to say. You know, but yeah. I, somebody that's out. This is where I feel like Ice Cube fucked up. But uh, but people on the ground, like these are the people that you need to talk to, not the ones sitting in their mansions on the hills talking about. Here are the things that black people could do. Bye. You know, so I'm here and I'm ready. And again, I want to say that I'm proud of you for doing everything that you are doing. Um. You continue and continue to inspire um, doing the work that you do. And I'm so I'm so happy um, you and this light and this uh, this 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 uh, gold uh, shirt is really giving me vibes. And it's like, y'all better stand the king up in here. OK. And <laughs> I love it. Like, uh, what's his name? Starbender. He always says, he goes, gold looks good on black. It does, yeah. as always. Yeah. If y'all don't know who he is, he's a the UFC middleweight champion. He's Nigerian. Dude's fucking dope. Is that the guy that, well, he, more than likely he whoops a lot of ass? Yeah. He's 20 and old right now. <laughs> he's regarded as one of the most technical strikers ever. Bad. Like, he, the way he just strikes is beautiful. It's poetry. I might get into it that watch it i got in the glove y'all i got in the gloves thursday i it was so cool Ooh. yeah i like wrapped my hands and shit and i got in the gloves and i did a little bit of sparring i was on the bag was kicking the shit out that bag it felt so good sparring is uh. like a person you were doing bag work i mean i yeah, did yeah, bag work and that. i sparred with oh, him you, too you, you yeah oh look at you yeah i was just like whoo i didn't know i could do all of this <laughs> <laughs> how, how, do you know how uh, uh, how much uh, the gloves are weighted that you were using? No, they're not weighted at all. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Were they like MMA not gloves? yet? I can, but not yet because I'm like I'm just starting. No, no, no. Like <laughs> no weighted meaning like were they 16 ounce gloves, 12 oh. ounce gloves, yeah, 14 yeah. ounce gloves? Oh, I don't know. Oh. I just were they like them. really big? No, not really. They're probably like 14 or 16. Yeah. Well, Probably like fourteen or sixteen. That's dope, though. Yeah. I, I've been trying to get my sister. I want to get my sisters and my sister in the gym. So anytime she have a problem with a dude, she could just okay. Whoop okay. Yeah. Shredding. Period. Because it, it has it, to be. I, I hate that it has to be like that, but it has to be like that. Most definitely. 
it's integral for every like you know woman to learn some type of type of self self defense. Um, I what what I recommend uh, what women to learn is hapkido. Hapkido is a self defense uh, martial arts that's very easy to learn that focuses on grabs um, and um, and and, uh, and and getting out of situations as quickly as possible. Um, because you know boxing is cool, but like you know when you're like fighting a dude, like you don't really want to box him, like you know, because it's like you know dudes have like more bone density and everything. So, the, knowing those grabs, knowing those techniques, how to lock people on wrist is a really good uh, technique to have. So I recommend that for like all the women out there watching. Yeah, that and uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh, oh yeah, jiu-jitsu, man. I, I'm trying to learn that right now, man. That's crazy. Yeah, that shit's dope. You got to go to Gracie. Gracie Barra, they got the best system. Did like, you oh, do? Okay. Have you mm -hmm. done jiu-jitsu yeah, too? I did kickboxing and jiu-jitsu. Okay, but what? explain oh. this wall climbing shit. What is that Parkour? called? Yeah. What Parkour. is it called? Oh. Yeah, and there's a, there's a separate version of it. It's called free running. It's more like involves tricking, flips, and stuff like that. Where parkour is basically just getting from point A to point B, um, fastest and the most efficient way possible. Cause see, I didn't know until I started following him on Instagram that he did all this <laughs> shit, and I was just like, "You ain't never told me this." Yeah. I yeah, thought we were better true. than that. Uh, we are. I told you that's how I tore my Achilles. Oh. Oh damn! So you be on some Prince of Persia type shit? That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I just be out there wilding. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I can't wait to see you back at it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm doing certain stuff, um, but it's just like the jumping aspect of it that I'm going to try to incorporate next year. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, and this right now, the rest of this year, and then probably like the first quarter of next year, I'm just going to focus mostly on yoga and lifting. That's my guy, see? Yeah. He's cool. Hey, bro. After this, I want your Instagram page. I want to see some I'll bet. stuff. For sure, for sure. Okay, so now for what we all came here for, the shindig, the diggity, the, the damn diggity. All right. So as I mentioned, me and Jalen are both from Port Arthur, Texas, and I saw the numbers. Um. But I also want to ask you, like, were there any, like, voter suppress? was there any voter suppression going on out there in PA this time around? Um, uh, before I uh, comment on that, there, there's, there's two things that we got to kind of separate from, like, voter suppression uh, uh, to, like, there's voter suppression and there's just election incompetence, right? Right. And um, a lot of times, like, uh, in the media, these things are kind of, like, molded together. You know, uh, not not by intention, but because these things are very important. Um, so, like, I don't think there are any um, attempts to uh, suppress the vote um, further than like the laws that are already uh, already implemented. Right. Um, but I just kind of think that election um, incompetence did go on. Like, you had like the whole thing to where like uh, they had they had two separate uh, voting booths for the city election to you know. The presidential election, yeah, uh, because what what ended up happening was the city election was supposed to be in May this year, um, but that's when the coronavirus stuff was too bad, right? And so uh, they they pushed it back to November along with the general election, and so they didn't notify people that uh, for the general election, like when you go to vote, you would have to go vote into like two separate areas. It would be two different, like yeah, two different. Um, votes you would have to cast wow. uh two different election booths yeah and so they didn't tell anybody that so people went there 
voted for president. And he was like, wait, where's the city election? It was like, oh, wait, no, nah, my bad is across the street. You got to go there. And so like, yeah, so um, that was the only real incompetence that took place. But um, I feel like uh, um, just the community organizers in Peralta did do a good job of notifying people, did do a good job of uh, calling people, letting people know that like, hey, you voted for the presidential election, but you got to vote for this election too. Um, so um, there were some election incompetence uh, that went on, but luckily for our community organizers, like, um, you know, Chris Bates, right. you know, people like him, um, we, we, we were able to wrap that up in the bud and like people did um, go out and vote and in good numbers. So I was proud of that. That's good. It was just interesting to me how Houston... Well, you know, I'm, I remember our last conversation, I told you how I waited in line for like damn near four hours to vote. <clears throat> so some of that still was going on, but it was just really interesting to me how um, I think Toyota Center, NRG, and a few other like big centralized like locations had like 24-hour voting or like they had the drive, or I know like NRG had like the drive-through option um, and all of these things. And I was like, it just goes to show like how much voter suppression is real because people they made all of these provisions like yes you can have access 24 hours you could do this and you can go there like all of these options so it's like these options could have been there <laughs> you're telling me that these options could have been there but y'all don't do it okay and see and that's why I, earlier i said like um there was no voter suppression uh, as far as like what the law already allows because mm-hmm. I feel like most of the voter suppression comes from our voting laws already. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, it, 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 like anytime you have Republican, uh, like in Harris County, you had literally Republican, you know, officials trying to disregard all of those drive through uh, uh, ballots, right? Anytime you have somebody actively trying to make it harder for you to vote, to me, that's voter suppression, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, we should always have 24 act, seven access, you know? Exactly. Um, you know, I feel like personally, like, why is there a registration deadline? We should be able to register on the day and then be able to vote that same day. Um, you know, uh, certain things like that. Curbside voting should always be a thing. Um, so that's what I feel like voter suppression should. It really is. And I feel like that's what people should focus on, because um, we really need to, like, change some of these laws to make it easier for people to vote. Can I ask a question real quick? Shoot. Um, do you think people should be able to vote, like, have, you know how you can bank from your phone? Why can't we vote from our phone? Like, what, why, like, why isn't there an app to see, oh, sorry, I don't think you can hear me. Hello, can you hear me now? Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah I can sorry, hear you. my fault. No. So, my question was, why can't we vote from a phone? Because if we can bank from a phone, if your phone is secure enough to be able to bank from, why can't we vote from them? instead of like having to go places because a lot of people don't have those transportations right there's a lot of people that don't feel comfortable doing like voting in person like why can't we just do it from our house and and, and this is where a lot of uh republican colleagues that uh, disagree with me but um uh i i i even talked about this to uh one of my uh friends like the aspect of online voting mm-hmm. it's the future 
um, we need to start looking towards it because I mean, you know, everything is becoming more automated. Everything is becoming more immediate. Um, so it's something that we should look at. And it's and, and, and you're right. It's like if we could secure our bank information on our phones, um, because we we still with even with our banks, we need bank routing numbers. We need identification. We need you know social security. We need all of this stuff. We could still have this for voting, and like. When you kind of see how much voter fraud takes place in America already, it's very few. It's it, mm -hmm. it's very few. Um, so I, I totally agree with you, man. I feel like that's what we need to start looking towards. We need to start looking towards the future and like online voting, you know, because it's it's the most immediate. And again, it opens the option for people to vote. Just imagine if we could do some stuff like that. Like we were like, you know this past election we were kind of everybody was up for and excited because joe biden won with 75 million votes right um and you know that's not even like you know tickling like half of the population of the united states though mm -hmm. so there's like you know for us to actually have like you know more than like 75 percent 80 percent 90 percent turnout every single general election i feel like that's something we do need to look towards and that's the same question i actually asked my republican colleagues um, and they never have an answer for it, of course. Uh, but, you know, I totally agree with you. Definitely don't expect them to. Um, oh. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> but uh, I know you were Bernie, definitely Bernie. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh, look, I, I got my hat, too. Hold on. <laughs> All right. All right. Matter of fact. Oh, yes. No. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um. So with, I mean, first of all, I mean, like, are are you happy about the, the election? Um. Well, for me, you know, I'm more concerned about like the bigger picture. You know. I'm, there's a lot of people who got their feelings hurt, and that's understandable. Mm -hmm. A lot of these, you know, are first-time kids, who college kids who voted in the election for the first time, and they got their feelings hurt in the Democratic primary, you know, when kind of like Joe, Bi Joe Biden made that Voltron and then got all the moderates in Obama to, like, basically crush Bernie. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for me, I think about the bigger picture, and, like, all I'm focused on is, like, uh, which president will give us a net benefit you know, of good, like, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, Joe Biden was at hands down. So for me, of course, I'm happy, you know, now am I like super elated and uh, ready to like, you know, you know, turn up like, nah, not really, because I understand there's a lot of work to be done. A lot more. You know, but uh, the fact that, you know, we are headed towards the direction where people are going to, you know, more people are going to start getting health care. That's a great thing. You know, we are headed towards a direction where people are actually focusing on our climate, you know, we are headed in our direction where, you know, uh, people's rights aren't, aren't infringed mm -hmm. um, about the LGBTQ community, um, you, you know, you know. Um, so I feel like that's what we should focus on. Then which president would have the net benefit? And Trump was just so freaking bad that like it was just like, man, we need to vote. It, man, if anybody got the Democratic primary, I would have voted for him, except for Mike Bloomberg. But anybody <laughs> except for Mike Bloomberg, I would have voted for him because it, it would be a net benefit right. um, what Trump was. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy. But like I said, there's a lot of work to be done. A lot of work to be done. Now, I didn't get to watch the um, the last debate between Biden and Fuckface Orange, but 
Um, <laughs> but I know Joe had mentioned something about, did he specifically say Port Arthur or was he saying, uh, but I know he was talking about the refineries and stuff like that. And I, I saw, I was at work, but I seen comments. So like, what exactly was he talking about when he okay. referenced Port Arthur? Okay, there was a because there was a lot of uh, like a lot of misinformation, but you know that's promised with the Republican Party, especially mm. with Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, what Trump was basically trying to nail to the ground is that hey, Biden wants to take your jobs away, you know, and you know the oil parts of Texas, which is like you know, Beaumont put out there, you know, Biden wants to take your your uh, jobs away with his new climate deal, and you know that's not necessarily what's going to happen. Um, so when we just if I could just have a moment to explain Biden's plan, not not in full detail, just the quick synopsis. Um, so basically what Biden is trying to do, uh, because climate scientists has, have warned us, like, if we don't, you know, you know, start Change decreasing something. our, yeah, yeah, yeah our, uh, decreasing our carbon emissions by 2060, like, you know, we're going to start seeing a different earth. I'm, I'm talking about like polluted clouds, like in like you you'll be able to see the polluted clouds from our atmosphere, like you know um, you you you'll see species dying at like alarming rates, yeah. like it's gonna be bad, and and so we really have to curb that. And um, what Joe Biden wants to do um, with the team of scientists is like you know a 50-year plan that focuses on actually transitioning. Uh, the United States, you know, to net zero emissions, which means basically we're no longer going to be um, emitting uh, or adding on to the carbon emissions that's already in the air. Um, it doesn't mean that we're going to just shut down all our refineries. First of all, that's impossible. That'll take forever. <laughs> it'll take forever because literally all of the United States, 77% of the United States is ran by fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Joe Biden doesn't want to close that these places down because we're still still running off of these um things like we want to head towards the renewable uh energy uh resources but we're not quite there yet they're not really efficient as fossil fuels are so you know he's not just wanting to take these jobs what's going to happen is is that a lot of these jobs in refinery where people don't know are um temporary or seasonal jobs you you have you have certain people who have like you know um you know actually employed with the refinery but Mm -hmm. then you have and so what, what's going to happen to these people is like when they're let go, um, it's just that these positions won't be filled anymore. When we start talking about like 20, around like 2030, 2045, when we uh, start really transitioning to uh, renewable uh, resources, um, these jobs won't be filled anymore. It's not necessarily any some person's job is going to be taken away necessarily. Um, it's just that they won't be filled anymore because now we're focusing on more cleaner energy, um, whether that be, you know, uh, solar energy um, with solar, solar panel panels, wind turbines, uh, or some people even say nuclear energy. Um, we're, we're just looking towards a, a cleaner form of energy. But of course, Donald Trump took that and was like, "Hey, he wants to take all your jobs. Soon as y'all be, soon as he becomes president, y'all not gonna have a job anymore." Like that doesn't even make sense to. Yeah, that's basically what that was about, and that was really, really frustrating because a lot of people caught on to that. Right. Um, definitely. You know, that, and it makes sense. Like anytime people fear monger about like a job that puts food on your table for your family, of course, people are going to be like, hey, bro, what, what you doing? What you doing? But that's why it's important for us to fight misinformation by, you know, constantly researching and then like telling our friends, like, you know, what's the deal? Like what these plans really are and like why it's so important to transition from fossil fuels to renewable uh, energy. And, so, it, and it, yeah. it makes me think about 
good possibilities for towns like Port Arthur. You know, like that whole little southeast Texas. Because I don't know nobody from Port Arthur that don't have some kind of upper respiratory situation going on. Whether it's asthma, bronchitis, or chronic bronchitis. Like, everybody has something, <laughs> like, along the, along those lines. So, I, I mean, I'm here for it. Um, hopefully, the EPA under Joe... Hopefully the EPA will be actually able to nail these, um, nail these big companies, you know, nail them to the board. Like, hey, we already told y'all once, we told y'all twice, like y'all need to go ahead and get this shit taken care of and stop polluting the goddamn air. Yep. Like, like that's the one thing with Trump that we didn't have with Trump. We right. didn't, our environmental protection agency was non-existent, and he made it that way on purpose. I remember the the initial director was Rick fucking Perry, dude. I'm like, this guy is so <laughs> anti-science. But, uh, yeah, and so this is like, and when you talk about our respiratory issues, like, you know, people out here have a, 66, a 66% uh, higher chance of, like, dying from, like, cancers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it versus like people who don't live in you know refinery filled you know towns like we do so yeah it, it's very important to for us to have an actual environmental protection agency that's actually going to call out you know because i think it was um you know i think it was two years back or a year back they had that uh that report that was made that like you know the refinery out here leaked around like mm-hmm. six thousand pounds of sulfuric acid and it was just like that did that went unaccounted for there was no we have no regulations for it uh, specifically here in texas so um th- these are things that we have to start focusing on and, and, and to my people of, who just think about jobs and money like what do you care about more you know your prosperity and your children or you know your current job right now um it, it, i know it's a hard question for a lot of people to ask um are a lot of people to answer but it, it's a tough one that you got to think about um because if you're so wrapped in the money and the profit motive right now then we're gonna have your your, your children is not gonna have a planet to live in um sadly so um that's how i kind of look at it i mean no you answer that <laughs> Okay. Uh. <laughs> Can I say one thing on that? Huh? Can I say one thing? Yeah. So, with you know, with global warming, obviously it's a real thing. Anybody that denies that is a fucking retard. So, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, but we still got to worry about other stuff as far as like we we're not looking into space. We yeah. could get hit by a big ass rock, and none of this shit matters. True. You know what I mean? So I feel like, yeah, as we're doing all these things, I feel like we need to add other things to, like, protect the Earth, too. You know what I mean? Like, fighting global warming is a very important thing, but, like, we're not looking in the space. Well, a lot of times NASA and stuff like that, they don't find shit until it's, like, two days or three days passing our orbit. So when that happens, you are at a higher risk of a global catastrophe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Global catastrophe. Yeah. You it, said it right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's just like, and then kind of go back to your point of creating an agency, right, that will hold people accountable, but who's funding that agency? Like, who are the people that are in charge? Because you can pay people off and be like, write false reports. So how are we going to keep those people accountable, right? There needs to be discussion on that. Yeah, and, and, and so the thing is, it's just like for me, like uh, to kind of tie into your conversation, um, 
I would love to be in a place to where like we're transhumanists, which kind of means that like we don't bicker about social issues. We don't bicker about politics. We don't bicker about, you know, people having health care or not. We just focus on the science and mm-hmm. if science, you know, the scientific advancement of our world. But uh, unfortunately, we have countries going to war with each other. You know, we have, you know, countries like Russia and United States holding like, you know, proxy wars, um, you know, taking over subsets in the Middle East and all that stuff. You have things like SARS in Nigeria mm-hmm. going on. So it's like, you know, I would love to get to that place to where like we actually focus on things that's, you know, bigger than our arguments. But it's like we have to solve these arguments first, unfortunately. And it's just like when you're talking about things like space. Yeah, there's a lot of things in space we got to worry about, like the asteroid belt. Like uh, we literally like the Earth is getting cluttered, you know, uh, you know, around, you know, the surface just because all of, you know, from the uh, pieces of meteorite. Huh? From satellites, satellite debris. Yeah, from satellites. Like exactly. That. And so that that's a big fear we also have to worry about. So you're absolutely right. Um, I feel like... Uh, a lot of times I, I wish we were in that place to focus on things like that. But in order to do that, we would have to have the whole world on right. one. Right. Because just the funding for these projects are massive. And then so the let me focus, get this straight. Like, you're proposing a new world order. You're, you're part of the Illuminati. I knew it. I fucking knew it. Yes, I am proposing a new world order. George Soros um, is uh, funding me right now. To tell you that I'm proposing a new world order. This is no longer going to be a country society. I want a countryless, uh, borderless society, right? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. But, but it, it, there's some truth in it, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the idea that a whole world is kind of thinking on the court. There's some truth into where you can get utility from that. Now, of course, I, I don't want just a better. Was it Eisenhower that said, uh, no, it wasn't Eisenhower, or was it Reagan? One of the two, we talk about how quickly we would come together once, if if and once we're faced with um, an attack on humans, not on countries, but from like an extraterrestrial threat. And then it was like he freaked everybody. Like, what the fuck does he know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what does man, this motherfucker know? Man, look, they not telling us something, but like oh, yeah, legit. That I legit, I legit, I legit would like to be able to focus on that more just like kind of like our you know out of world not really out of world but like bigger collective threats Mm -hmm. as a as a society as of human beings rather than just bickering over each other about like simple wars and stuff but unfortunately we got to win these arguments for first before we could focus on things like that but and then you do have scientists focus on that you know even for the asteroid belt you do have some scientists you know coming up with theories like um, like the slingshot thing to where like basically like they make the slingshot to clean up, you know, the asteroid belt. Um, you you have certain like scientists focus on these things. It's just about funding these experiments mm-hmm. and, you know, having people behind them. And that's um, but the that's problem, a, like, really... a lot of these things are underfunded. Like, yes, like a motherfucker. Like, dude, they spend a couple only like a couple millions, if I remember correctly, on like shit about like looking at asteroids and how to like work on that and the technology based on that. Mm-hmm. There's it's not much funding on that, which sucks. It's like that's kind of what happened to other civilizations over time. Like the people think that humans are a linear civilization. It's really not. Like there've been civilizations that have come and gone that we don't even know about. True. Like now they're carbon dating 
and even carbon dating is not like a hundred percent accurate because it only takes the organisms that are lodged into those things, right? Mm -hmm. And then they carbonate that. So they're not even like the we don't even know how old the pyramids really are. Some are saying yeah. that it's over twelve thousand years old and that there's pyramid like there's pyramids on every continent in the world. In Antarctica, in the United States, all over the yeah, world there's pyramids. And nobody knows yeah. why. You know, yep. Then we get into conspiracies, but y'all do your thing. Oh no, no. These are these are real questions that people don't have solutions to. Right. Uh, I, I just wish I had the scientific chops to talk about this for two more hours. I like uh there's a there's a lot of stuff that like I've I've looked at and researched that like I just it just kind of confuses me. Like when you just talk about, you know, humans being like a linear society, things like the great filter kind of like confuse me. Uh, the idea that, you know, there's a civilization before. But again, I don't really have the scientific chops to, like, really elaborate on this stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because these are things that we really need to focus on. I told um, you he's but... not that bad. Oh, no. Like, I love, I love having <laughs> Man, you, you're, you are smart, man. Like, I, I, nah, I love... I'm just it's... a stoner. <laughs> <laughs> I just smoke but... weed, bro, and just look of shit. Look, that's look, that's synonymous to my statement I just said, okay? You are smart. And just because you said that last thing, that means you are even smarter, okay? Smart people smoke weed. High hey, take. There you go. <laughs> I love this. So we're going to bring it back from outer space. Mm. And we're going to bring it back. <laughs> um, so I've seen, you know, like different people running for for office out there in Port Arthur. And I did see that we did have a lot of younger candidates that, you know, tried their tried their uh, tried to get into it. Um, a couple of them did win and some of course like weren't successful. But do you see this like possibly becoming like more common? Oh, most definitely. Um, I, I feel like um, the Trump election has like, like really galvanized people towards the idea of politics, mm -hmm. um, and specifically regional politics. Um, and then this is what, what's looked over um, in, in 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 regional politics across America. You you started seeing like, and in, in what I mean by regional politics is basically like you know state local elections, mm -hmm. not national. Uh, but like uh, across the you know United States, you've seen upticks in regional elections um, that focus on okay, not the presidency, but these district elections, or these Texas House elections, or I mean these state house elections, or these you know local municipalities. Um, so I feel like we are going to see more of this. Um, it's just about um, defeating that old guard. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, you know, for a lot of people who ran in this race, they just didn't have. Um, the endorsements win and, you know, kind of like, you know, that guard that pushes these incumbent candidates constantly. Um, I feel like the only way to really beat these guys is to run up the numbers, keep increasing the voter turnout, keep having young people vote. Um, and then we'll start seeing a council that looks more or so like us versus like the people who've been on the council for like eight years and they're just switching out different spots right you have this one guy who runs for a uh, council in his precincts and then he goes to out at large ditch district so mm -hmm. like even though he's been like in different council seats it's like he's been in the city government for more than 10 years so um 
yeah, it, it sucks. But um, hopefully, um, the more people start voting, younger people like us, we start actually seeing that change. Because um, Tyranny Decur, mm -hmm. uh, I think what's her name, uh, I, she really impressed me. Uh, Rashad Harris really impressed me. Um, you know, and then uh, even uh, Naomi Dowell Shoy, uh, Naomi Doyle, mm -hmm. um, which is my vice president of my group, uh, the Young Democrats of uh, Southeast Texas. Um, she 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 did an amazing job you know, beating, uh, you know, her challenger um, in her runoff. And so it, it shows that, at, hey, man, all you got to do is, like, give it a try, stay out there, you know. You're not always going to win. Right. But the thing is, winning a seat is not necessarily the dub. Seeing that vote, you know, propensity go up from you running sometimes, it's the dub. Sometimes just challenging the incumbent and seeing the incumbent, like, sweat because mm -hmm. he almost uh, he only won by two percentage points sometimes that's the dub and um it, it's just about uh you know i, I forget the uh thing but chopping at the wood i guess or chopping at the tree um you know it, it's it, it's a long steady race um you don't always win the first time but you keep chopping at it we're gonna win and get where we want to go i mean so are you gonna be running soon <laughs> well, well me I, right now i'll focus on organizing and I'm, debating I'm, uh, dumb fuck Republicans, <laughs> okay? All right, so that that's what I focus on now. And, and, and really just, you know, running, you know, young candidates like me who um, I feel who are, you know, really qualified and uh, who just need that extra push, push. So you might not see me run for anything real soon, but you're going to, the people that we push out, um, you know, for these next elections, you're going to be surprised and you're going to be, Oh, you like, man, this young kid out of college, he's running for house district or he's running for council. Like, you're, you're going to be surprised. Um, for a long term, though, I, I definitely see myself running for something. But, I mean, that's just not my goal right now. My goal right now is to help organize my community, get it to the point to where we have high voter turnout. Mm -hmm. And then I'll focus on, you know, elections soon, like probably five years or something. I mean, that's not far away. <laughs> you're right you're right uh, 10 years <laughs> i mean so what would you say to a person that may be listening to this um like what would you what advice would you give them if they want to get involved in politics um first thing oh man i'm so glad you asked me this uh thank you so much uh first thing okay when you get involved with politics get involved with politics that means do your research because it, um, um, it, it's not fun. It, it, it's a lot of work and, it, and, it, and you don't get paid for it. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't get paid for doing like these hours of research, um, understanding like your district or your municipality. You don't get paid for it. And like you'll do all this research and you might still lose. So like it sucks. But um, that's the number one thing is to do your research. Because um, after you do your research, it's the second thing knowing what your talent is and what i mean by what your talent is is basically what you want to run for a lot of times i see in these workshops that we go to that a lot of people run, run for the wrong stuff you know I, I remember i'm not gonna say their name but um uh you know in this election cycle um somebody was talking to me about like yeah man i, I really want to run you know i want to uh i want to run for basically uh council and i was like okay dope 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 why you want to run for council and he was like because like i just see a problem in like you know uh our education system we don't have enough funds to our education system and you know as far as like 
you know, the infrastructure, our infrastructure is really our kids' future. And I was like, wait, wait, hold up, man. It's not like you need to run for school board, mm -hmm. not council seat. And, and, and it's just certain things to where, like, you see a lot of people who try to take on these bigger seats because they have more name recognition and more power to them. But sometimes you, like, you want to do this or you want to affect the inf infrastructure and have control over the ports. Why are you running for mayor? Run for port commissioner. Uh, these are the guys with the actual power when it comes to that. Yeah. So it, it, it's about, you know, doing your research and knowing your talent. Um, and, 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 and that's the first two things you got to stick to. And then after that is just basically doing the work. Um, before you even decide or even tell people to run for something, you always got to show your face. Be a community organizer before you're a politician. This is my biggest complaint about a lot of people. Um, please organize in your community before you decide to run for anything. It just helps your case out more. It does. Um, because people hate those people in these suits showing up to their doors or calling their phones and they never heard about them a day in their life. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's why, and, and I, I had the chance to actually work on an integral part of Christopher Bates' campaign this year. And he beat his opponent by, if you rounded it up, 70% of the vote. Um, and that that's because he, he, he didn't start talking when it came time for his election. You know, he, the guy is, uh, was consistent in his activism yeah, and his, his organizing. And so that's another thing. So if anything, I'll tell people is to, you know, carry these tips, um, do your research, know your talents, and become an organizer before you become a politician. And I feel like once you do these three things, even though these are very vague statements, once you focus on these three things, you'll have a successful election. And, and you'll, you'll, you know, uh, do what you have to do in that community. I love it. Cause I thought about it. I thought about it before, but I was like, I don't know, fam. Cause <laughs> man, no, you should do it, man. Uh, I'm, I'm you. It was, but it was just kind of like, oh, you know, cause there's just so much. I, I'm more concerned with the dark side of it. Like, I don't oh, want to yeah. feel like I have to sell people out or or anything like that and that because that kind of stuff would bother me because i'm black i grew up black like i you know mm -hmm. i know all the things that we already struggle and it's just kind of like i can't you know if there's something particularly here and it's like i i can't fucking i don't agree with that i can't fucking i, I can't you know so that's i'll just be concerned about and it could be my anxiety too but it's just like <laughs> But it's just like the dark side of it that kind of freaks me out about it. Yeah, the dark side is the corporate Scott side. And, and the thing is, you'll never go to that dark side as long as your intentions don't change. Um, the, the, I, I don't know if you, you're you're familiar with Star Wars, mm -hmm. uh, right? Uh, you got, uh, it, but uh, when you looked at the prequels and when you kind of looked at what the descent from Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader, and Anakin Skywalker was the good guy. You're right. Part of the life force. And then, like, Darth Vader was the other guy. Mm -hmm. you, which you started seeing, you started seeing, of course, he had, like, people like, you know, the bad guys, like Palpatine kind of get in his head. But you started seeing his intentions change with the more his worldview started to change. And so this is what happens to a lot of these corporate politicians. Um, you know, they, even though, I know a lot of them just want to get into politics for power anyway. They they have you have the ones who do have pure hearts and good intentions and their intentions started changing with their worldview. 
But as long as your intention and, 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 you know, your heart doesn't change, you don't have to worry about that at all. You know, I've been doing this for a while. And like, um, I have, they, these corporate lobbyists don't phase me. I'll, I'll debate them in a heartbeat because you got to remember the people come first. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it is hard for a lot of people to have that fight because it's like you lose elections having that type of spirit, right? right? Um, but um, it, it's all about just keeping strong, having a strong base. And again, like I said, if you organize in your community before you run for office, the amount of grassroots support, like a lot of people don't understand this, grassroots can beat out corporate power the thing about grassroots though it has to be fun and it has to be fed corporate power is just something people sit on it's like mm-hmm. you know yeah this throne and this weaponry uh that that people already have you know stole to them but grassroots power is like you know a brand new car you got to fill it up with gas you know and, and you got to just keep pumping that gas but once that car is filled oh my god it, nothing can stop it, including corporate power. Um, because like uh, Naomi Doyle, uh, Doyle Showers, um, when you look at her election, uh, guy she was running against was sponsored and, and, and endorsed by like, you know, corporate lawyers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and, and how she beat out, how she beat that out is becoming a community organizer. Before she was ran for that, she was uh, uh, an election administrator who, you know, oversees seeing elections. And uh, she got, you know, people out to vote and uh, basically just teaching people about the election processes. Um, but, you know, building that grassroots organization, she was able to beat this guy. You know, not not once, but twice. She beat him uh, the first time in the election and in the runoff. And then in the runoff, she beat him by an even bigger margin. So um, it shows that it does work, but it just takes a lot of work. And um, you you have to be prepared for it. But but it works. And, and, and I feel like you could do it. I definitely feel like you could do it. Yeah. Oh, don't make me blush, Jaylen. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Um, oh, cause I know you, okay. So I know you said that you are in Austin right now and y'all, you guys are working on, um, turning tech. Okay. First of all, I feel like Texas should have been purple because it, it was that fucking close. Yeah. And I'm tired of seeing like these red ass Texas sisters on all these all these damn maps when it was like whoa it was way closer to, to, than that so like what are you guys out there in austin like pushing for now um i mean uh, as far as the strategy right now uh it's, it's been the strategy uh for you know ever since uh the midterms of 2018 which is basically running up votes in you know suburban uh inner city places um because these are where democrats get their votes from um the, the the problem with Texas always being red is because you have in Harris County, they run these numbers up. Travis County, run these numbers up. Um, Jefferson County, they not necessarily run the numbers up, but it's a reliably blue district. But then, you know, after you have all this blue, and, and, and we've seen it, we've seen mm-hmm. it. Uh, I, think, I think Texas was actually blue for a moment uh, mm-hmm. on, in the projection map. Um, but what happens is, all these northern rural counties with like 500 to 200 people that stay in them, they all just start coming in. And like, even though, you know, Harris County and well, Travis County have like millions of people that live in there, you, you, you uh, what start, what you'll start seeing is that these rural counties start adding up. They start adding up 
real, real quick. And then they start, you know, closing in on that deficit we thought we had. And so you start seeing Texas turn from blue back to red. Mm -hmm. And so the main thing is, is because like, either, so the main strategy is two things, either find a way to get um, country white people to vote Democrat, which is very hard, <laughs> uh, or, um, or do like what seemed to be the, the most successful thing is pushing that needle in places like Harris County, Travis County, Jefferson County, um, you know, El Paso, uh, pushing these needles up and just having more people vote in these counties. Um, I feel like uh, that's what we're focused on uh, as far as the algorithm that'll, or the, not the algorithm, but the formula that'll turn Texas blue. Um, so, um, yeah, it's focusing on these very blue counties, which are suburban districts, inner city districts, and getting more people to vote. And this is how how we beat those rural counties that are on the top of Texas. Um, but yeah, that's the strategy so far. Um, and what you see is every single year we get closer and closer. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that uh, I think the midterms when a uh, Beto O'Rourke ran uh, was like the like damn like that was the furthest we've pushed. Um, so, uh, with, with this last election, it was pretty hard because, you know, you had Trump, you know, running, uh, Trump is a great galvanizer for the Republican party. That's just period. Mm -hmm. When you just look at Republicans, like not to, you know, uh, jerk off Trump or whatever, but when you look at Republicans, like he puts up the best numbers for Republicans. Um, you talk about an increase in black vote an increase, you know, and, in, in, you know, Hispanic vote. Um, an increase in college educated vote. Mm -hmm. um, he, he can just galvanize, you know, Republican bases like past Republican presidents haven't. And so uh, this year we didn't do as good as we did in the midterms per se, but we still, we're, we're still constantly pushing that needle. And so hopefully if we get like a Stacey Abrams, like okay. Georgia had, you know what I'm saying? We could do some, but hey, if it's the fact that Georgia turned blue, that literally means anything is possible anything is possible so hopefully we see uh the next midterms we, we see some better results um as far as like texas becoming blue i'm so i'm so excited i'm so proud of you i mean even though i saw a, i saw a video of kamala coming out you know like waving at the crowd and somebody was playing the uh um the cops theme song. Bat boy, bat boy. <laughs> what you gonna do? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, hey man, as a progressive, like I'll uh, look. Is a return to normalcy. This is what we have. Right. Um. This, this is all. This election was. This election was not a blue wave. Uh. This election did not show that progressives are winning. Are you know the Democrats are changing the course of America? Like no, people just opted out from normalcy. Um, people realized like a, a terrible decision was made in 2016, right? And you know they're just trying to go back to the most normal thing that they know. So we have to remember that even though it's a net benefit from what we had, we have a lot of work to do. Um, just with some of the people that Biden already has on his transition team. Um, like say for instance, like, um, I, I forget her name, but um, uh, the person who he wants to be in charge of like immigration, um, she was for separating families under the Obama administration. I saw that. So, yeah, so it, it, it's just about, because people gotta realize, um, there's two, there, there's multiple, voting is multifaceted. Mm -hmm. faceted. 
know, you have your voting and you have your, first you have your organizing and then you have your voting, but the most important, not the most important part, but one of the most uh, slept on parts of it all is your activism, activism. You, we always have to hold these people accountable. Um, so what, what kind of scares me sometimes is that since Trump isn't in office, um, people will just be happy with normal and they won't push Biden where he needs to be pushed. Uh, they won't push Kamala where she needs to be pushed. Um, and so that is a fear of mine. Um, because, I mean, like I said, Trump was a galvanizer. Um, so he galvanized people to be for him and galvanized a huge base to be against him. Right. So, so I just hope that people don't lose that steam. And so we can always so we can still hold these people to the fire. To me, in my in my opinion, just like we held Trump to the fire for these four years, we have to hold Biden to that have that same amount of pressure on Biden. You know, uh, just because he's the Democrat, we, we shouldn't let him go and let him slide. Agreed. The same thing with Kamala. Agreed. Which I think I think we're probably I know some people are like, Whoo, I can breathe. It's like we could breathe like this much. <laughs> yeah. Like that much. Exactly. You know, which is good to be able to, but like we have so much more work and I think that we're probably I think we're in a good spot where it's like, all right, <laughs> now we about to see what you about to do. And I think and I think you have the people that'll be like, Mm-mm, Joe, look, you said this right here. <laughs> so we need to know like what's going on right here. You know, so I I I think I think thanks to black women, I think we Yes. I think we're gonna, yes. we gonna be all right. Oh, thanks to black women. And that's another thing. Joe Biden has to do something transformational for black women this presidency. Um, and it's not even like an identity politics thing. It's just knowing the facts. Democrats rely on black women and specifically older black women for elections all the time. And they, they just showed the fuck out this, this last election. And so if Biden or Kamala doesn't do anything transformational this presidency, people are not gonna show out four years from now, whether right. it be Kamala or Biden running on the ticket. And so, um, if this, that's why I say we have to put their feet to the fire because the only way Biden or Kamala is going to win a second term is if they do some transformational stuff, this presidency, and that that specifically caters to the need of the, my, in my opinion, the foundation of the democratic party, which are black women. Amen, brother. Oh, that's just facts. That's just facts. I know. Can, I know. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, Jalen, like, thank you so much. Um, is there anything else you would like to throw out there? Tips, you know, what you're hopeful, more hopefulness, um, anything like that? Uh, I guess the last note I just want to end on is because I've been telling people this, um, ever since the election, uh, ever since Obama, uh, I said Obama, uh, Biden has been winning. Uh, it seems like every day is a new like story about how Biden won, right? It's like, okay, first he won Pennsylvania, he officially wins, and now he wins Georgia. No, he officially wins now. But um, it's just uh, don't don't stay complacent. Okay. Uh, keep fighting. Um, keep fighting like Trump is still in office. Um, and keep organizing like Trump is still in office. And keep activating your communities like Trump is still in office. Um, and, and that that'll be the main thing that I'll hammer home to anybody, um, because that's what's most important right now. We cannot get in place and we can't get complacent for Breonna Taylor, you know. 
we can't get complacent for George Floyd, and we can't get. Uh, I'm sorry, this chick. It kind of gets me emotional, but we can't get complacent for these people who have died on the streets at the hands of police brutality. We can't get complacent for these people who 45,000 people a year who die from not having health care. We have to continue the fight, you know? And so if anything, that'll be my main message. Keep pushing, keep fighting, because the fighting is far from over. Okay. My, ah, that was beautiful. That was beautiful, but it's so true. It's so true. Um, yeah, like, to know, I can't think of her name. I know her name is Corey. Uh, Corey Bush? Huh? Are you speaking of Corey Bush, the woman who was uh, just elected? Um, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, the fact that she wore a face, you know, like her face covering, and it had Breonna oh, Taylor. And oh, they God. thought that her name was fucking <laughs> Breonna just think about it politicians politicians not even knowing right the name of this one this woman was slain like there, there's no assassinated in her own house right while she was sleeping you know and, and nobody was held accountable for it nobody only thing we got was some some bullshit no knock warrants uh ban on no knock warrants that wasn't even a legit ban on no knock warrants so it's it, 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 it's just sadding, saddening that you have all these people talking about this shit on Twitter. You have everybody making, you know, activate, activating their communities because of this. And Republicans don't even have the uh, uh, the sincerity to mm. know her name or know who this person is. But like Cori Bush said, it's OK because her name isn't going to die. Her name is not going to die. At least you know her name now. At least you know who she is. And I'm really excited for Corey Bush, actually. I feel like she's going like she to start some shit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm here for it. Like, my girl gang, you know, my whole girl gang got reelected. So, like, let's uh, yep. go. The squad? <laughs> yes, the squad got reelected. Let's go. But um, yeah. I thank you for this so much. Um. I'm still I'm still super proud of you. Um, the things that Stacey Abrams did, like I I want you guys to be able to get to that and more. Um, because like you said earlier, like anything is possible. Like we but we have to we have to keep pushing exactly like you said. Um, go ahead and drop your socials, tell people where to find you, and also I want to watch the interviews where you argue. Um. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, um, first, uh, follow me at E to the Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's all the same. E to the Podcast, um, lowercase e. Uh, e to the Podcast. If you want to just check out, you know, my episodes, I will be releasing new uh, episodes that talk about, you know, uh, post-election coverage and what us as you know progressives should do looking forward. <laughs> Um, and also, if you want to check out, you know, some of my debates, um, I, I, I debate on uh, Kevin Steele's show. I debate on Silver Discourse. Um, the Silver Discourse is a YouTube channel that's like devoted to basically sitting people down from the opposite sides and having full lengthy, healthy conversations about the issues. And it, it, it's really dope. Uh, you know, uh, last month I got the chance to debate this black conservative. Jacoria Randall, and we had a really dope conversation. So if you just 
are interested in stuff like that, um, also follow Silver Discourse on um, YouTube. Uh, they have a YouTube channel and a Facebook channel. But um, it, yeah, like I said, if you want to follow my episodes, keep up to date to me. Follow me at YouTube Podcast anywhere from Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and uh, you'll stay up to date on when I release new content. And that has been the Trillionary Podcast from me, Kenzie, and with the amazing Jalen, and commentary from the greatest podcast tech that I know. I don't know if he wants people all up in his business because he's my friend. He's not y'all's. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, and you guys be good. Um, if you need something to stir you and push you, I advise, if you haven't watched Lovecraft, go ahead and just watch episode nine and uh, check out the poem, uh, Where Is Your Fire? And get to getting. I love you guys. Bye. <laughs>